Welcome back, Wrench Nation. You mechanical maniacs hanging out with us every single week right here from the premiere. Valley's High School, East Valley Institute of Technology, where you guys are headed back to school, back into class, skills, culinary, police sciences, and of course, the automotive technology program, people... (laughs) That's what we're talking about. Uh, Really, really enjoy hanging with you guys. And when I tell you guys the Premier High School, not only for you rock star students, but for all you rock star instructors, some of you need to dust the dirt off and brush off a little bit. School is in session. You got to get your instructor on. Uh, I understand that some of you instructors may be a little, little bit of rusty. So get back into that instruction, Jim, and get ready to instruct because we got a lot of students that need some instruction. What were the instructions? Well, just pay attention in class. That's what we're talking about. Of course, you guys are family. Uh, have been tuning into this show, uh, all of our podcast family. Of course, the show is uh, uploaded Sunday. Although last week I had WordPress. You know, when life is jacked up, it's when you got WordPress issues. Susie? What happened? WordPress was not pressing my words together. <laughs> and I, could, I, I couldn't load up last week's show. I was disappointed because we had a good... You know, I feel pressure like YouTube. Yes. Oh, uh, we got our YouTube video, weekly video. Uh, you guys ever get that way to pressure all you YouTubers? Well, yeah. Like, oh, every Monday. Where is he at? But you know what? We depend on it. So that might have that must have made you feel horrible. Well, it's just, uh, I'm taking pills, maybe. Okay, I don't know. Man, is it medication? Uh, Wrench Nation, <laughs> WrenchNation.tv. All of you mechanical maniacs that have joined our journey for the past few years from all over the country and, of course, right here in the wonderful suburbs of the hot, hot 100 teens of Phoenix Valley. RanchNation.tv is where we park and pride our shows. And when I say pride, pride, people, you ever get that feeling, that proud moment? It's like a, it's like after taking a nice shower, you feel proud because you don't stink, you clean, life is good. That is so true after a shower. Well, that's how we feel about Wrench. That's how we feel about WrenchNation.tv. We're proud of that. Where you can catch, well, we took a trip to China, people. We had to investigate the whole electric growth of vehicles in China. So we have that show up there. Then we said, well, let's go to India. Let's travel and visit where Princess Vedita Singh. She is a princess who is an automotive artist. And then we said, wait a minute, stop. We don't need any guests. We need just good old-fashioned summer road trips. That's on there. Uh, we had so many shows, and I, I know you guys are listening saying, all right, this guy's talking up his website. <laughs> I really am, and I, wanted, I want you guys to join. And if you are a youngster or a seasoned veteran, get on wrenchnation.tv. Drop an email. I promise you I'm not going to send you any stock, penny stock solicitations or anything. We got better things to do with spam. But, but just put your email into that wrenchnation.tv. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter. And, of course, I get excited not only to hang with you, but my lovely co-host, Susie Sockets. Welcome, girl. Into house. Into house, Frank. You are fixed. Are you fixed? I'm fixed. You know, Susie had hip surgery. Yep. A little hippity hip surgery. The now doc- they say I'm part of the hippie crowd. The doctor said you are cleared for the Rich Nation Car Talk Show. <laughs> and that's why I'm here. I was ready to take the show right to that surgical bedside. You would have. You would have done that too. I'd have said, "Nurses, get out of the way. We that's got a show." Right. So, how are you feeling? Amazing, Frank. Actually, amazing. I'm working through some of that muscle pain, but I think that's to be expected. 
Yeah, that muscle pain will creep up. It's like a, you remember as a kid, you get a big knot in your calf. Yeah. And your parents would say, ah, don't worry, that's growing pains. <laughs> oh, gosh, I remember those. I'm like, dude, what do you mean growing pains? I, I, I think I grew an inch. I in. don't have too many of those. That's why I'm only 5'2". Well, it's good to have you back. Thank and, you. Uh, garage is doing really well. We're seeing some pretty, uh, this week has been pretty smooth. Of course, it's back to school. And uh, with back to school uh, comes some of the, well, back to school inspections. I mean, uh, there is a, I mean, there's an inspection for everything. You listening say, oh, you mechanics got inspections for everything. And we do. You name it. Going to college, there's an inspection. There's an inspection. So <laughs> I think we're seeing some of that in the garage. And then what's really neat, I really enjoy this, uh, of course, down at Desert Car here, Chandler, Chandler and Dobson, we have some awesome, classic, iconic muscle cars in the garage. Yes, we do. And I'm finding myself like I can't stay focused at work. You these- want one? Well, these cars are gorgeous. <laughs> How many? I mean, come on. You guys, you're driving and you're minding your own business and you're on your way home. And here's a 68 Camaro driving up next to you. I don't care if you're you're on a first date. If you're on a first date with your favorite looking chica, <laughs> what are you doing? You're going to turn over. Oh, look at that 68. And what does your chica say? Excuse me, I'm a key. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just saying. When no, can I use that as an analogy? Oh my goodness! Would that be right? Okay. When you get a sexy Mustang, yes. or Camaro, yes. Or right now we got a '63 Melt Your Heart F100. It is definitely eye candy. That's I, I was like drooling. Yeah, it's eye candy. Is it normal for a 30 year mechanic to still drool over sexy old classics? Heck yeah! I'm saying it's normal. I think so too. What's happening? I think you're normal, Frank. Not really. Not but. really, but I thought it sounded good for a moment. What's happening in your world? Well, girl? you know what? I uh, I feel like I've been picking on Tesla. That's okay. Is Elon, that okay? Elon Musk, you got enough money. But this okay. is actually a this is actually a good one uh, for Tesla because we are picking on you. We are kind of picking on you, but this is kind of interesting because the autopilot, you know, manages to detect things, but everything like they, I don't like the dog, like leave your dog, you leave a- your dog. Yeah. That one I didn't like so much, but I was pretty happy that they thought about that. Right. I'm glad that they actually thought about our canine friends. I think the bigger thing is we're relying on technology. We are. Because we're stupid. We are, Frank. Go ahead. We are. What's this? Well, well, let's see here. So check this tweet out. <laughs> check this tweet oh, out. Oh, wait a minute. We got to get down with the tweet hood. What do you got? Driving home at night with autopilot engaged, suddenly the alarm sounded and the car asked for driver to take control. Well, My son, what? Take control. Take Tesla, control. That Tesla's always saying, hey, put your weight up. Take control. That's right. My son said, what the beep? A second later, a meteor passed over in front of us and landed in a paddock. Well, what's the problem with that? No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like it detected a meteorite, Frank. That's a Tesla. If you fart in that thing, it's going to know. <laughs> I'm telling you, the well, Tesla. I don't know if it's going to know if you farted, Frank. Well, it knows everything, that Tesla. <laughs> but it does. But, I mean, have you heard of this happening? It's a rarity. Well, actually, it's happened to another driver, another Tesla driver. With a meteor? Yes. No, where? In Same Russia? thing. In Russia? Not Russia. No. You so know what is it? You're trying to tell me Tesla epidemic is we got meteors over Teslas and they warning system. I'm Do saying. They, they got a little. Comet meteor icon <laughs> next to the check engine light on the dash engine. Uh, no, isn't that funny though? I think it's pretty cool. Actually, I think it is. But I think that's a kudos. Scientifically, how does that happen? Scientifically, let's. I mean, see it that. has it has lidar, I believe. It has radar, right? Sonar, camera systems. How it 
Maybe it's a SpaceX crossover SUV. Who knows? It's a SpaceX edition. Who'd ever know? If you know the answer to this Tesla that can predict meteors, well, why don't we park a bunch of these Teslas around our country? And do some tests. And we could try. (laughs) Hey, listen, when a meteor lands... There's meteor hunters. That's right. They get, you get a lot of money for those little meteors. That's right. I'm saying grab a bunch of Teslas and let's go meteor hunting. You want to you know why I want to slap the owner of this Tesla's hand, though? Because he did not have the uh, the dash cam on. Oh. Yeah. The sentry mode. Yeah, the sentry mode. Well, my story isn't as uh, exciting, maybe. Is yours more earthly? I figured we stopped picking on Tesla and we segue to the Dodge Ram. The one single lonely. Now, listen, I know a lot of you driving a Dodge Ram. They are a beautiful truck. Mechanically stooped. Is that a word? Astute? Astute. Astute. Well, I don't know if they walk out of a Dodge Ram. <laughs> but a lot of you drive a Dodge Ram because you can you can go from the barnyard and pull up to a casino in style. They, those trucks are nice. But the fact is, just recently, Ram recalled one single pickup truck for bad instrument cluster. Now, that instrument cluster is in the dash. Just one vehicle? One Dodge Ram produced on one day. Are you ready? Because What's the date? Recalls is a range. Right. Uh, cars made from, from 2002 to 2004 uh, recalled. This is an exact birth date? This is one, like somebody was drinking at the factory <laughs> on this particular day. Here it is, people. If you know for a fact that your 2019, oh, not many of you can have a 19, was built on December 6, 2018, one single lonely day, that is recalled. Well, that was a Thursday, Frank. Thursday? That was on a Thursday. So they weren't distracted by listening to Wrench Nation. Some automakers only need to recall a tiny batch of these trucks. Rarely does an automaker only recall a single vehicle. Well, I'm thinking it was a single group of union workers that something happened on that day. Because you can't, I mean, this is unusual. Ram has issued a recall for a single example right there, 2019 Ram 1500, on those vehicles built on the lonely day of December 6, 2018. That's amazing. It's not, it's jacked up, man. I'm you the only guy. You mentioned pull, right? you pull up to the dealer. Oh, there's that December. <laughs> there's that December 6th dude right there. He's funny looking. I mean, dude, would you feel left out? Would you feel like you're being picked on? I mean, you had the Dakota airbags. Everybody, my lawnmower had to be recalled Dakota airbag. Everybody was included. My neighbors, hey, you get your Dakota airbag? Oh, yeah, what's your problem? I got mine. Where's yours? Now, here's the lonely. December 6th, 19 Dodge Ram. Uh, and here's your neighbor. Nah, eh, you sucker. I bought mine in December 8th. <laughs> I bought mine on a Friday. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, apparently, the problem comes from the instrument cluster and its software. And according to the recall documents, Ram, of course, Fiat Chrysler, submitted this to NHTSA. And they said, well, we got to, you know, some of those clusters won't light up. And that could be a problem at night. So all you December 6th individuals... Uh, that's a problem. Speaking of electrical, I thought we would take this show deep. A technical edition. Okay. Where we have invited, well, what is uh, approximately 50 years, add my inside of 30, 80 years Wrench Nation is bringing you of automotive experience to dive into one of the mysterious items, or items as in group, right? that rotating electrical. How would you like to know 
what is happening with that alternator and what is happening with that starter. How many of you replaced the battery and a week later you got the same symptom and your wife is chasing you with a frying pan because it was an alternator? How many of you thought that no crank, no start was a starter issue and your wife coming at you with a frying pan because the starter didn't fix it? Well, I tell you what, we got Jim Crossing with the uh, National uh, Parts Authority uh, Automotive Distribution Company serving all the automotive professionals throughout the country. This man has got inside of 24 years in the automotive industry, as well as our guy, Jeff Johnson, from one of the leading automotive manufacturers. You can get it right from the manufacturer's mouth. This is not some guy in a magazine. No. This is a guy with inside of 30 years working for one of the largest alternator and starter manufacturers, not in Arizona, not in the Southwest, but in the country. They're going to join us. We are going to tear apart the electrical, the mystery, alternators and starters right here on Wrench Nation. Stay tuned. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, as I remind you, get on to wrenchnation.tv. And, of course, thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, all you mechanical maniacs that have come hung out. You, you're hanging out with us on Facebook. And I'll be honest with you, I'm trying to figure out Instagram, Twitter, where do we go? And then Facebook seems to be the spot. Uh, of course, you can catch us on Instagram, Wrench Nation. Hashtag Wrench Nation. Show some love. Uh, during this show, we're going to try to show you some underhood love. Uh, an area that a lot of you will say, okay, Saturday, I got to mess with the battery. I got to mess with an alternator. You're going to try to attempt to do that on your own. You do the little test, and the test says, okay, it's failing. You put the part in that alternator or starter, and it's a problem. While technology is certainly blazing away, there have been some changes to what is some of these age-old components of your vehicle. That tire's been around for many years. That alternator and starter hadn't had much, too much of a change, uh, considering uh, what else has been changed around the vehicle. And these advancements, uh, you know, are starting to creep up. And some of you are getting caught out there because you spend money on something that you thought was bad. And the whole idea of this show is to dive in to some of those electrical, rotating electrical items and, and shed some light. We have some uh, service bulletins uh, with many vehicles that uh, a lot of you are driving. And the goal of this show is to help you out and keep you from spending unnecessarily. To help us navigate, uh, we just couldn't pick somebody off the street, man. We've got to bring you some seasoned veterans. These folks are seasoned veterans. We have Jeff Johnson. Uh, Jeff Johnson has been in the automotive aftermarket industry for more than 30 years. He has seen a cross-section of work from uh, many manufacturers, but makes motor car parts of America his home for the last nine years. And of course, uh, better known as MPA. They're the largest manufacturer of starters and alternators. Jeff Johnson, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much, Frank, for having me on. We appreciate you. We're going to pick your brain. Uh, we all want to know, uh, before we bring in our uh, other guest who's in studio here, in fact, let's introduce our next guest uh, who's going to be hanging out with us, uh, Jim Crossan, of course, uh, from our favorite Friends, the Parts Authority, big friends of the show. Uh, Jim Crossan has been in the automotive industry uh, for over 24 years, and Boy, he's seen a cross-section. Man, he has worked the quick lube line. He's worked the back-end shop for a lot of uh, independence as a automotive technician, and he's had many different roles. But boy, oh boy, he parks himself since 2011 at the Parts Authority, and he is an Arizona sales manager of Parts Authority. Welcome to the show, Jim. Frank, thanks for having us over. Damn, dude, you got Barry White going on over there. The voice, the Barry White voice, is that what you... I've been, wor- I've been working on that one. Either. Damn, were you practicing last night? <laughs> no, actually, we've been working on that, Frank, all day long as we've been driving around. I've been helping him a ton with that. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you right now, you guys, uh, we're honored to have you on to spend some time. You're both busy. Uh, of course, uh, Jim, you're handling the whole state. And you. the point of having you guys on is because you're out there visiting with a multitude of automotive garages, professionals in the industry, and... Let me ask you this, Jeff, right out of the gate for our listeners. Big question. Where are we getting it wrong when we install an alternator and then we got to call Jim from Parts Authority and say, hey, Jim, this alternator I installed is not working. What are you finding as a common installation error to help our audience with alternators? What do we not get right? Well, basically, I think what you're going to find or what I'm seeing out there anyway right now is is more um, it's battery related or it's more along the battery lines. Typically, when you're dealing with a rotating electrical item, whether it be a starter or an alternator, they obviously have to be fired up by a battery. So a battery is your typical go-to or your first go-to, if you will, on most of the starters and alternators. So you're saying if if I'm installing an alternator and my battery is on its way out, I can kill a new alternator. Absolutely. Here's the here's thing about alternators, obviously. Well, let's focus on alternators for a second because if you're overrunning those alternators, as you know, an alternator is there to put power back in the battery as you're using the vehicle. It's not to take that battery and bring it back up from an 8 or a 9 clear to a 12 or 13, 14. It's not made to do that. It's made to actually put the juice back into the battery as the car is using What should that voltage be? If I'm testing my alternator, I'm not doing a load test. We're just going to talk basics right now. If my alternator is charging properly, what is that specification when I'm running that engine? 13, at least 13 to 13, 6, 13, 4. 13, 8, 14, 2 kind of thing. Yeah. So if you're listening, and and, and again, you've got to do a load test, and we're going to talk about the load test in a minute. But if you're hooking up just a good old-fashioned voltmeter, uh, Mr. Crossan, you've seen the voltmeter in the bays. I've seen them. Seen them at your shop. And how, Yeah, and how many of us get into trouble when we don't load test and or we don't load test properly and we're just doing sort of this static voltage check? Yeah, I. Uh, it's not 100%. Right. You know, we need to do the You really got to do your homework, especially in today's vehicles. Um, they're so complex. So yeah. many onboard computers and high-end electronics. Yeah. Now, when you're saying load test, what is what is justifying a load test? We're reproducing lights on, AC on, all the electrical systems, amperage, if that can handle it. Mm-hmm. So you can have voltage guys that that all right, we're we're charging, but 
the minute you start putting accessories, you're you're gonna drain out the battery, and there you are. It's poor charging. Absolutely, and that's the best way to go about it. Obviously, as you know through your shop, is you need to make sure that everything is on your AC, your radio, your lights, your exterior lights, whatever you have that you're dealing with on that vehicle, fire them all up. That's going to give you your drop voltage test, and that's going to give you your drop. And basically, your drop should never go below 0.3 or a 0.5 on a drop test. Okay, that's when everything is hitting on all cylinders. Let me put it that way. That is exactly where it should be. Yeah. Um, talk to us about many, many of us are, with the advent of alternator manufacturing, there's remanufactured and there's new. Many consumers don't understand the difference. In a nutshell, what is the difference between a remanufactured and a new? Well, let me try to break it down the best way I can because it, it is cross-board. There's a lot that can go on in both situations. Obviously, a remanufactured unit, you're taking the internal core components out of these and replacing them with what we consider to be OE or better quality product. Inside OE, of our alternator. For, for those that don't OE is original equipment. I'm sorry, OEM. Correct. Right, just to let folks know, which means it's it's factory spec says mm -hmm. this is original specs, not close to it or going to try to get to it. So that's key. That OE word, a lot of people look at that. It, it sounds, but the, the layman does, they don't understand. Right. In our industry, obviously, we talk about OE a lot because right. we want to make sure that the parts that we're putting back on these motors or what we're dealing with is as close to original equipment as possible in the box. So this gives a remanufacturer a, a chance to actually either make those units better than they were original equipment or make them where they were original equipment and maybe advance on it as much as possible. So it exceeds, it, yeah. Yeah, we can exceed OE. those OE. Right, right. right. And right. I can go on with some stuff later if you want to cover that. But And then you've got your new, which is 100% new out of the box. That unit, that, that outside core casing, all of the inside of components have never been used before. They're brand new in that unit out of the box. So the first time that you put it on that vehicle and it's been started up and you use it, it is a 100% brand new part from the diodes to the panels to the inside electric uh, units as far as voltage regulators. Everything is 100% brand new. Let me put it that way. So here's a question. A lot of uh, consumers, a lot of uh, folks that uh, work uh, in a garage environment, automotive technicians... We want to install new, but sometimes new can be tough to get because the standard in the industry is this remanufacturing. For those that may not understand all that, why is this? Is, is, so is that this remanufacturing with the cores they can re rebuild? And, or why are we flooding out new? Well, the new is obviously available to a certain degree. Okay, you've got, as a manufacturer, you've got thousands and thousands of units that you do. Okay. Right. In new, you don't want to necessarily do a new unit or try to gear up for doing a new unit uh, for something that's an older application. Right. Okay, something that might be a 2003, a 2004, even older, you don't want to put new in there. Actually, a reman is the best way to go. Yeah, and I know a lot of garages, including our garage, there's still a uh, upstanding warranty. I mean, we do a two-year. There's a lot of garages doing three-year. With a reman, it's still quality. Um, I will say, Jim, and I think we talked about this over the years, there is a lower grade of reman that actually refurbishes what's not failing and only replaces what's broken at the time. That's the lower tier reman, correct, Jim? I, I have heard of that. Um, we've never offered that at 
parts of Thor. No, you guys, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, hanging around with Jeff here, he has explained to me the uh, different, I think he used the term rebuilt. Ah, so reman, rebuilt. Absolutely. Very good, Jim. Absolutely. So if uh, I'm a consumer, rebuilt does is not as good as reman? Right. And, and the way that I've explained it for, for many years, that's perfect, Jim, by the way. Right. For, for many years, obviously, you're out here dealing with these people. There are a lot of rebuilders, and there's still a lot of rebuilders on a lot of little corners out That's there. how it was back in the day. Everybody, you came in, you bought a $15 reseal kit for a Breakmaster cylinder. Mm-hmm. And you everybody, mechanics rebuilt stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you'll <laughs> I'm, see. I'm sorry. That's what we... Not me. I started too late. For, I mean, I just barely caught it. But when I worked at Lou Grubb Chevrolet years ago, and the guy had the, everybody had a big plaque in their bay. Uh, Charles Wilson since 1968. I'm like, wow. And these guys, these guys built stuff. You built masters and you rebuilt the alternators. And But the, but the difference, I think, and what I try to push to the streets as I'm out there doing the education part of this, Frank, is when we're talking about a rebuild, Typical rebuilders will replace the part in that alternator that went bad at the time that they've received it. So if you're receiving an alternator that's got 140, 150, 60,000 miles on it, and all they're replacing is the bearing because that's what failed on it, they're replacing the bearing, putting it back in the box, and they're sending it out to the street. Well, obviously, they're trying to be the best price in the marketplace, and that's what they do. Well, I guess there's a place for that. I mean, I talk to a lot of my customers that... Hey, I'm selling this thing. I don't want to spend $600 on. I think I had a Chevy Cobalt in here uh, today. We had a Chevy mm-hmm. Cobalt. And that's that alternator was more than a Cadillac job. And I'm and that's another a lot of you consumers. And we're going to get we're going to dive in deeper technically. I wanted to start off really slow here with this stuff. But some of you listening right now will say, "You know, I bought my Kia Rio in and that alternator was a whole lot more than my 2003 Cadillac." And they why is this, Frank? And I just I just use the standard answer. Oh, that's what the engineers designed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's really good. It's yeah. not. I mean, is that the case, Jimmy? Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. Nobody knows. Just I'm, blame it on the engineers. It's a Kia. <laughs> but if you take a Kia Rio or an entry level, like Chevy Cobalt, it's not a Cadillac. You know, I mean, it's, it's entry level. Let's face it. And here you are. $600 estimate is a retail garage or whatever. Even if you do it on your own, you could still pay like 300 bucks for that alternator. Holy cow. You're like, what happened to that $89 alternator? <laughs> so uh, if you're just joining us, we got Jeff Johnson, uh, MPA uh, Motor Parts uh, of America, one of the largest uh, manufacturers in the world of alternators and starters. And of course, Jim Crossan with the Parts Authority. I'd like to dive into some service bulletins for some of the common vehicles, some of the case examples from the garage uh, to help you guys listening, I want you guys to stay tuned. We got a full segment coming for you, Wrench Nation, next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we're talking about some of the common things. A lot of you will get away with just a battery. Hallelujah if it's just a battery, because you're a hero. Like, you're out there, you're drinking a beer, neighbors, yeah, my battery's all good right now. <laughs> and you're like, you're feeling good, everything's good. But if you get into that rotating electric where you decide, I'm going to the parts house. I'm going to go down to parts authority. I'm going to have an alternator put in. I'm going to buy that alternator. You put it in, and it doesn't fix the problem. The starter, same thing, rotating electrical. The starter, well, I got to click, click, battery seems good, connection seems good, replace the starter, still doesn't work. Susie, that's frustrating. Right, wrong, yeah. That is- I, th- I, I want to say, I don't have the studies, but I think uh, some of the domestic violence comes from the <laughs> l- lack of problems of the male or female to actually fix their cars in the garage properly. Can I say that? No. I know I can't. All right. Well, uh, we left you guys off with uh, the difference, and this is really key, remanufactured and rebuilt. Next time you go out there, and of course, new. Next time you go out there, uh, whether you're buying your own stuff, or whether you're going to your local garage, you need to understand the difference. A good advisor, technician, mechanic is going to give you those options. And it's important. I tell you guys all the time to stay in control. Ask for those options because there are options. You may not want to spend top dollar because you're getting rid of a vehicle or that's your prized possession and you want to go with quality like MPA. Uh, I mind you guys, uh, there is uh, motorcarparts.com is a website you can go on there. Um, you can catch a ton of information about their products and their brands and stuff. And speaking of which, uh, Jeff Johnson with MPA, uh, the authority, you visit with a lot of garages in California and Arizona. You see a ton of case examples. You have something to help uh, both our friends listening and both our professionals in the service space. Tell us what that is. I have actually a couple of different ones, but uh, the first one is we actually have some technicians that work in our Torrance department. We have about six of them online currently, and they work from 5 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night, Monday through Sunday. And what they are there for is actually that you can call in and get any kind of a technical data from these guys. They have the latest TSBs. They have the latest recall information. TSB's technical service bulletins for those listening. And in fact, if you are listening, I got to tell folks, this is so important, not so much for the professional. The professional is going to check it. Jim, when you were wrenching in the shop, before you hit a car, you were looking for service bulletins. Well, yes and no. That was so long ago, I don't think they had service bulletins yet. (laughs) And I wasn't very good. He had a wooden snap-on wrench. (laughs) But my point is, if you are tackling your ride on the weekend, check the service bulletins. Okay, all data, Mitchell, if you're not a professional garage, if you will, and you're trying to tackle your own work, size it up with a service bulletin. And so tell us about this app that you have, Jeff. We actually have an app, and it's called a Street Smart. You can download that on Apple or Android devices for free, and it gives you many different options once you've downloaded this application. You can take a picture, usually, of the license plate, or you can take it of the VIN, and it will direct you directly to that car and vehicle. I love that. For the parts oh that are needed goodness. and by part number. Oh, my goodness, because this is what happens. Your son is helping you on the weekend. Uh, Joey, go get the VIN. And he, his B looks like an upside down nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. If the VIN isn't right, that adds a lot of time. Jimmy boy, you've seen that. Uh, tons of times. Even yeah. in the professional market, we, we, we have to VIN decode. So this app will decode everything about the DNA of that vehicle. Absolutely. 
And that's street smart? Yeah, did you say street smart? I pulled it up and it's a game. Actually, what you need to do is, I'm sorry, go into Motor Car Parts of America. And once you bring up Motor Car Parts of America, it will show street smart application. Well, we'll put that on Wrench Nation's Mm -hmm. Facebook. We'll figure all that out. Um, So that is helpful to the consumer and certainly the professional in the service bay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of us in the service bay are able to VIN decode and get all that right. Um, Starters seem to be a, a mystery for some people and... And a lot of times uh, we're quick to jump at a starter because it's a no crank, no start. And here's our battery. And uh, once in a while we get that phantom. I got 12 volts to the starter and then I don't have 12 volts to the starter. It's phantom. So I've seen this in the garage where technician, honest day's work, goes in, puts a voltmeter Basic test. This test hasn't changed since the Model T, probably. Back to the six-volt system. And he hooks up to it, and he sees voltage to the starter. He says, okay, i got a bum starter. He installs the starter, and then it doesn't start. Now, what does the technician do, Jim? Well, we got a bad part. First, they hit it with a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) And then... Ping, ping. Call Parts Authority and get another one. Right. And so I think I think it's important to say, whether you're a professional or whether you're doing it yourself, is there a high rate of these rotating alternators and starters going back that are actually good? Well, I personally don't have that data, and I'm not in the engineering department. Um, but from what I've heard from some resources and some uh, reports that I've read, yes. Um, you got Russian reports, Jim. <laughs> secret squirrel, sir. Um, I'm not knocking. Like, I'm not trying to, like, go that way, but I'm, I'm just trying to say, it, it's like, I'm just going to call it out, man. Oxygen sensors and back-in-the-day computers. How many of us actually just threw oxygen sensors on a vehicle? Think about it. Because we code, we code pulled. Mm-hmm. O2 sensor fault. Lean. And we didn't test it. Or back in the day, when I say back in the day, we're talking about, you know, sort of electronic carburetors going into throttle body and multi-port. You got a damn darn bad computer. (laughs) And a lot of these computers were going back testing good because we, again, do-it-yourselfers, and I got to say professionals, we goofed up because we didn't test properly. You see a lot of that, Jeff? I do. I see a lot of it. And and, and you got to remember in rotating electrical, you're seeing a few different things out there because as you know, in rotating electrical, it's a loop. It's an electronic uh, circle loop is what you're doing here. <clears throat> and if you're breaking that down anywhere in between, um, let's say that the ground strap is loose for the engine. That's not making a direct circle. If you're having some issues, maybe in the electrical wiring coming off the battery that you can't see, that's going beyond that. Now you have another issue. So there's a lot of things to look at here, a lot of things to look for. Well, I want to give the people some examples. A lot of you listening, you drive an array of vehicles, and I didn't want to get all dry and sappy with such a sexy topic like alternators and starters. (laughs) So I'm going to give you, listen, I'm going to give you case examples. I got Corolla. I got a Saturn. I got a Subaru. I got a Camry. I've got a Cobalt, and I think I got an F-150. These are case examples from the garage. Here we go. 05 Toyota Corolla, instrument cluster not working, power windows not working, blowers not working. That's a bad day, man. You can't see, you got no volume of air, (laughs) and the alternator's not charging. 
elsewhere, put an alternator in, and it's still not charging. Now, guess what, people? On that 05 Corolla, the 10-amp gauge fuse was blown. That's a, that's a bad day for a technician if they couldn't find that. And guess what? That 10-amp gauge fuse works together with reverse circuit, and in that vehicle... There was some rodent damage to that wiring. Now, what am I saying? A lot of you say, well, I don't, I live in the city, man. I don't have mice and we may have subway rats, but I don't park my car in a subway. (laughs) What I'm saying is, as Jeff said, a complete circle. Mm -hmm. Think a circle, circuit, Mm -hmm. just like your home. Like how many of you change the light bulb? Oh, my wife just needs a light bulb change. You put a new light bulb in, that sucker still don't work. Now, me... I'm calling an electrician. I don't care if I can rebuild the 350, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm not an electrician. Not roofer, or, no, if it plunges, I can plunge a toilet, but that's about it. So there you have it on an 05 Corolla. Let's move on. A lot of you drive a Saturn. Really? <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm sure there's... <laughs> They're still out there. <laughs> a Saturn with an intermittent. Okay, intermittent just means. It works when it wants to. It, in fact, it adds gray hairs to mechanics because... Very frustrating. What yeah. happens? Let's role play. Well, Jim, you can't... Speak to me, Jim. You came in the garage. You are Joe Customer. I'm the mechanic. Tell me about your problem intermittently. Have I already dropped the car off to you? You just arrived and you're telling me about your intermittent problem. My Every third Thursday when it's over 80% humidity, <laughs> my wife tells me the car doesn't start. I need you to fix it. I need you to tell me what it is in about an hour, and uh, I'll be back after I get some lunch. Now, I'll stop you right there. I've got a five-page questionnaire you're going to fill out if you tell me that. (laughs) Now, listen, we say this respectfully, but how many of you actually walked into a garage and, listen, let's face it, your mechanic and you are looking at each other because it is happening right now, and you grab the mechanic. It happened to me. You grab my leg and you pull me out to the car and we get out to the car and what happens? It works. It works. And then you say, no, it and then you go for a drive and it still works. So intermittent problems are tough. And I, I would advise that you guys, if you have an intermittent problem, do your local garage a favor and plan on a few days. I think that's what happens. A good garage will set you up with lift. Maybe they got a rental or a loaner, but plan on a couple of days. Well, with this particular Saturn, which was intermittent, it was thought to have been a starter. And on the Saturns, there's a high rate of ignition switches. Yeah. We've seen a lot of ignition switches. In fact, we can talk about Hondas and so on. But the bottom line is that there is testing, and a technician will do that. And if you're doing this on the weekend, hey, go rent the all data, whatever. If you don't have it, get the flowchart and test it. Uh, the other thing to consider, we talk technology guys. Relearn procedures. Um, alternators installed and relearn procedures on some of these cars, Jeff. So here I am. I don't know. I put my alternator in and it's still a problem. And I take it out. I say, Jim, I got a bad alternator. Or Jeff, send this thing back and you send another one. And then another one. And then wait a minute. Relearn procedure. Absolutely. Relearn procedure basically between your alternator and your computer. It's just like anything else. They have to interface. If you can't get them to interface and start talking to each other, 
your engine light's going to stay on. It's going to appear that you've got a problem with that alternator, and it's actually not an alternator problem. So what you have to do, and there have been a couple of vehicles that have come across, some of the Toyos and Hondas that you're talking about, the way that you have to relearn these is after the alternator's actually installed, you need to bring it up to almost 2,000 RPMs and hold it for about seven, eight seconds. Now, as you know, you can't do 2,000 RPMs in your garage, basically, unless you've got that thing up on a rack. You need to spin those wheels, and it's doing 70, 75 miles an hour down the highway. So the only time that you can get those two to interface is you got to do it that way, or it basically will not talk to each other. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys are just joining us, we're knee-deep with Rotating Electric. Uh, we do have uh, one more segment. We're going to try to dive into more of these case examples uh, with Jeff Johnson of uh, Motor Parts of America and, of course, uh, Jimmy Crossan with the Parts Authority. Ranch Nation next. Frank here with Ranch Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Ranch Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. Well, all right, we are always honored to hang out with you mechanical maniacs. I invite you to get to wrenchnation.tv. I also invite you guys, my parents out there, you're listening casually. I ask you to come and visit the East Valley Institute of Technology. I ask you to come to this wonderful campus. I ask you to preview a whole array of skills. Skills. Look, not every kid is college bound. Susie? Nope. And it's okay. But this is a skill set. It is a skill. From welding to yep. automotive to cooking, you have one of the premier schools here. And we are honored. I say this all the time. And we can do this show from anywhere. And we're proud to be hip to hip. So I ask you as a parent, come take a look at this campus, East Valley Institute of Technology. Uh, thank you for hanging with us, Wrench Nation. Get on to wrenchnation.tv. Uh, throw in an email. We'll send you out a newsletter. Maybe, I don't know, we're in the mood, we get hats, we'll throw in some hats, whatever it is. But get on to the WrenchNation.tv. We are hanging with uh, Jim Crossan of uh, the Parts Authority, one of the largest distributors of professional automotive parts, original equipment parts throughout the country to the professional market from body shops and automotive shops. Jim, how many locations do you guys have now? It's like 100? Uh, nationwide, yeah. almost 200. Yeah, so the likelihood that you guys uh, listening, uh, professional market or... You do it yourself. Or there's a good chance you've got a parts authority in your backyard. So check them out. You can also get on to uh, partsauthority.com. And, of course, offering Jeff, man, he's, he's, man, lives, breathes, alternator starters. He's in there manufacturing. Hey, are the engineers as crazy as uh, we think they are as mechanics uh, building these things? Absolutely. All right, that's just checking. <laughs> All right, I'm just checking. Because what's a, me a mechanic, what he does, this is a good excuse when something doesn't work. What does he do? <laughs> them damn engineers, we need to build. You know, we always, like, we have this sort of, Kumbaya, maybe not. Yeah, a little bit. We love each other. Absolutely. Mm. Um, alternators and starters. Not a sexy topic, but an important topic. Because I believe a lot of you are losing your mind on the weekend when it doesn't go right. And some of these alternators are a bit of a job. So I have other case examples. Chevy Cobalt. Common problem. When I say common, you guys driving the Chevy Cobalt... I say common, it is 
hundreds of cases across the country. We've seen them in the garage. You've got that red light that's coming on for the alternator. We've seen many of these. I probably see 12 of these a year. Easy. The light comes on. Oh, battery light. Alternator. Okay, you get it tested. And all right, looks like alternator's the problem. You put the alternator in, and it's still not charging, right? 13.8 to 14.2. Well, there is a wiring harness that will wear out. If you have a Chevy Cobalt, I want you to remember this. Right at the oil filter housing, that wiring to the alternator will chafe itself. Chafe. Chafe, Susie. Chafe. And not rat, <laughs> not rodent. Well, it no, will, this, it'll, this it'll shape itself. This wasn't Ronnie Rodent. This was no. probably Eddie the engineer need to redesign the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a Chevy Cobalt, know that, hey, it's not a perfect world. It's not a perfect world with the design of these moving vehicles. Understand, there is no perfection. I don't care what Elon Musk is tweeting. These cars are complex. And so if you have a Chevy Cobalt, make sure you check one the number one rule, Jeff, check connections. Absolutely. Right? Battery connections, the posts, the terminals. How does my ignition switch feel? Sometimes you don't have to get fancy with testing. You can, well, I got a little wobble in this switch. That could cause poor voltage. Or I got a chafed wiring harness by the oil filter housing on a Chevy Cobalt. You know what? And I think one of the things that has never changed over time, Frank, is basically... It's looking. It's all visual inspection. The first thing that you do is a visual inspection. I don't know, man. I think it's because I'm getting older, but I have to ask Tommy Boy in the shop. Sometimes I get narrow tunnel vision. Jim, you ever get that? Were you actually looking at something and you literally, I can't see it. Yeah, all the I, time. I know it's there. My wife tells me I do that when I walk through the house and I... Uh, <laughs> Walk right over things I should pick up on the ground. Are you like Dick Van Dyke from the old Dick? You stumble over the stairs. 100%. You mean she doesn't let you get away with it with the Barry White voice? And I, you, wait, exactly. hey, wait, wait a minute, because she's listening. I want you to say, honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Ooh. No, do it again. That wasn't good enough. Honey, I'm home. No, no, sexy. Honey. I'm home. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, see, now we're talking. See how this alternators and starters just kicked up some notches. Oh, <laughs> you got sexy all I of a sudden. <laughs> Only the people in Wrench Nation can get away with it. So, But uh, it's true. you got to make sure you check your service bulletins. You've got to make sure you check electrical connections. I can tell you it happens to us in our humble garage. Boy, do we have mud on our face when we've missed something as simple as loose connection. Loose connection. And a lot of times, that's what it comes down to. I have another one. A lot of you are driving, well, tens of thousands of you have an 03 Toyota Camry. Popular car. That car can be resold and resold. There's fourth generation drivers, 03 Camry. So you've got an 03 Camry and you decided, well, I'm going to look into my alternator. And one of the big problems, even with a new alternator... And Jeff, you mentioned earlier, and this goes back to connections, you need to make sure, of course, check battery cable ends, but mainly at the transmission and body connections. Now, I want you to, owner's manual is not going to give this to you. If you're apt to do your own work, you will buy and pay maybe through the nose. Don't get a novice. Don't buy that swap meet manual with 32.5 pages on your cobalt. Go out. If you're going to do the work on your ride, can you imagine this? 
You're not paying me to fix it. So go and spend $100 for that really good factory manual because that's where you're going to get the proper locations of ground connections. Because a lot of you are saying, well, Frank, I can see everything. (laughs) Well, there's stuff you cannot see. And remember that wife with that frying pan, she'll come out. Or your husband with a piece of chicken, whatever the case is. I'm saying make sure the specs are right. Jim, you've seen this. We've talked about this over the years in the garage. Even as professionals, boy, that's a bad day when we just took the red brick road because we they were off on a on a specification. Some mechanics lose sleep over that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, especially the, uh, the ground strap. I remember some bad times with uh, alternators on, on Toyota specifically. That's funny that you bring that you up. You got to just check the basics, people. And a lot of times when you take the time to check the basics, it doesn't have to be complex. So make sure that you check all your basic connections. I have one more before we break out out of here. A lot of you driving an F-150. Uh, there's another common problem. Battery goes dead after sitting for a few days. Oh, my goodness. Have we seen this? We have. Mm-hmm. And that is a draw. And I will tell you, people, that typically 50 milliamps or less Anything spiking over 50 milliamps, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, 50 milliamps is about inside of that 20, 30 milliamps is allowable for a draw. Absolutely. A little clock action, Mm -hmm. you know, this action. But if you've got an antenna motor stuck and you walk away from the ride or a headlight staying on and it doesn't shut off automatically like some of these newer cars, that's a draw. That's a dead battery in the morning. Well, on the F-150... The fuel injection control module, the FICM. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what it's called. <laughs> the FICM. Now, the FICM was not chafed, so don't worry. Oh, my gosh. But the FICM, fuel injection control module, happens to be intermittently drawing too much amperage. That's your dead battery. Now, we can go on and on with many platforms, with many circuits causing excessive draw. But I will tell you this, if you're not apt to mess with it, get on to wrenchnation.tv, our friends section. We have a great group of community-minded garages, which that list is growing all over the country. And, of course, you can visit Desert Car Care Chandler. If you, hey, call into the show, get on Facebook if you're not near us, because this electrical can have your neck rotating, this mm-hmm. rotating electrical, your head spinning. And that frying pan, you don't need that lopsided up your head. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Jeff, any parting words? Where can we find you? What website are we looking at? Basically, if you go to uh, www.motorcarparts.com, you can look me up there. Um, you can also go to Jeff at PacificMarketing.net. Either one of those is fine. All right, and we're talking alternators and starters, MPA, uh, largest manufacturer. There's a good chance if you bought an alternator, it was made by MPA out of Torrance, California, and, of course, uh, factories all over the world. Jim Cross, on any parting words, where can we find Parts Authority? Uh, Everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere, and and coming more. Uh, PartsAuthority.com is a great place to uh, view our locations around the nation. Um, We're here locally in Arizona, California, Georgia, New York. Texas. Um, we also have a uh, sister company called IMC. You can find them on the on the website as well, imcparts.net. Um, we're everywhere and we're expanding by the day.
Yeah, and you guys got some of the greatest uh, parts counter people. Nobody that uh, you don't have guys that were roofing now, you know, presenting parts. You actually got seasoned veterans, and I like that. Yeah. When you call in, you actually have somebody that knows that can help. Right. We're and, very proud of yeah. our of our countermen. Well, thank you guys, uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Williams with the uh, MPA, and of course uh, Jim Crossan with the uh, Parts Authority. Thank you for joining Ranch Nation. Thanks for having us over, Frank. We need another hour just for your voice, Jim. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Invite me back. So it's a great show. I always love. It was love. a great show. I mean, I thought to myself, alternators and starters, we're going to help the people. I thought we we probably helped a few of you out there and uh, had some fun doing it. Remember to get on to wrenchnation.tv, catch the replays, and of course, I got to thank you guys on Saturday. KFNX. 1100, you guys rock 90.7, the neon, and of course, our friends at 88.7, the pulse. We appreciate you. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. Yes, I feel it. I feel my beloved barrio, my ghetto. Now, what's on WrenchNation.tv? There's a billion websites out there. Well, there's a ton of nice shows I think you guys will enjoy. We know how it is. I mean, you got three to five seconds to listen to anything. You all got ADD. <laughs> Susie? Yes, Frank. Am I lying? You're not lying. People don't have attention anymore. So I'm just going to tell you right up front, we know this, we understand. Some of you are already gone because you just, oh, got to get over there. Next. You capture our attention, though. Well, WrenchNation.tv, I mean, you can catch... Leave it to Beaver's Tony Dow. We had a 50-year reunion with the Corvair. Yeah. 50 years that car came back in his life. Yes. Now, here's a... I get excited about this community situation. Open change. Vehicle donations making a difference. There's a organization that has uh, donated uh, north of 6,000 cars on the East Coast. And last week, Noor Daoud, Palestinian drift racer from Ramallah. Do you know what it's like growing up in Ramallah, Palestine? I don't even know where that's at. It's in a very volatile area of the okay. world. Like, people are trying to just eat for it. I mean, it's tough. And she is out there breaking the barriers. But that's all on WrenchNation.tv. And with that, I will invite you, because we're all family up in here. 